0: school mental health being an educator parenting and what things are like right now especially during the covid 19 pandemic and the start of the fall 2020 school year Mariah excited for us to have another episode
1: yes we are coming at you live from our closets trying to get rid of this trying to sound good trying to get rid of this echo so um, I'm excited to be here and talk about this topic because it is something that we are all struggling it with the kids the parents, Administrators, everybody. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so Mariah, you've been now in school for a couple of weeks back with your students. So lots of things have been canceled um, due to COVID-19. Part one major thing being kids at both where you are and where I am out in Seattle, kids aren't able to go back to school in person. And on top of that, a lot of their extracurricular activities have been canceled. Um, including from like sports and out here in Seattle mostly all of the fall sports have been canceled and some were pushed to the spring but due to limited um, field space some were just straight out canceled like um, middle school soccer for one of my kids was just canceled they can't push it to spring because there's not enough field space so lots of people are struggling with that around here from Dance schools have all gone remote, um, being in school in person. So lots of cancellations. How has it been for your kids who, at your schools who typically live at your school during the weekday and have all their sports at school and in the area? Now they're at home and their after-school activities, sports, events, extracurriculars have been canceled too. What have you been hearing from kids and how are they coping with that?
1: They are really upset. I think... I think that they're... The most thing that they're upset is not being able to board, not being able to live at the school. Like, a lot of my kids were like, I will do anything to be able... Like, I promise I'll be good. I'll do whatever you guys say. Like, they want to be there that bad. Um, In terms of, like, things being canceled, so we have a, a really large extended day program. So our extended day program runs from, like, four to six, and it's Monday through Thursday, and then sometimes we do stuff on Sundays. So it's a lot of... We have a cooking class, basketball, football, band, all of those things, dance, cheerleading, um, and all of those things are not happening. Um, Our students are not doing well with that. They are trying to, well, first, the adults were not accepting of that it was ending, right? Like They were like, had this whole thing, we're trying to save the season, and I was like, I don't like that the season's going to be saved. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not participating in that. I don't, I don't think that's the right way to go. Um, uh, most of my students just say that they, you know, they're just bored. Like there's just this like boredom, you know, and then it's like, well, I can't go outside because you know, where I live at, my parents won't let me, um, you know, it's dangerous in our neighborhood. So like the exercise piece is like probably the biggest thing that they're missing, um, from, from our end.
0: Yeah, I think that's true for a lot of kids and parents and adults and um, people without kids that getting exercise is really hard. I know right now in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest in general, not only you know, are we in a pandemic, there's still high enough levels that we, are not, we don't go outside and socialize a whole lot with other people. We're now in a smoke-filled, poor air quality situation due to all the forest fires. So our kids actually haven't even been able to go outside for a lot, about a week
1: wow. um, because the
0: air quality is so unhealthy. So having another impact, another thing taken away that where they can't even go for a run outside or go for a walk mm-hmm. right now, nobody can. And I think that is really hard when we keep stacking these different um, social you know, environmental crises on our kids. It's impactful on everybody's stress level. And so I'm seeing with the kids, I think for all of our mental health, adults and kids alike, we've got to start getting more creative. And what does that look like um, to get the kids physically active? And then also thinking, are there ways that we can do some things virtually? Maybe we yeah. can have a virtual dance class. We could do a virtual cooking class.
1: That's, that's a really good point. So we actually, um, at my school, we decided to do extended day all virtually. Um, And we also have, like, physical education virtually as well. Like, we got the kids, like, doing push-ups in their house. They, like, they like it. They said it's fun. Um, I actually had some kids. They go on YouTube and they follow, like, people who are kind of their age doing workouts. Um, So, that helps, too. I think that's a good one. Um, And then, like, just as adults, we have to set the example and model what it looks like to, to cope with it. So, for me... I've been uh, working out at home. I found some apps that I really like, um, and I do those apps. Um, I am able to go outside in D.C., so I do, you know, me and my husband, we do these, like, walks around our neighborhood, and we walk places that we've never been to, and I'm, like, walking, I'm like, man, this is D.C., like, I swear to God, I'm like, I lived here for like 15 years, and I'm like, where where, where did this come from? Um, So that actually, like, kind of brings a creative, because I've never been in these neighborhoods before, so that really helps.
0: right. So you're kind of like looking at this as opportunities to explore, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can do. And, you know, suggesting that for your kids, maybe those who can't go out without an adult because of where they live, can they go out as a family? Can they schedule time with their family, making it a family event? Um, and have them maybe earn points at school for going for walks, exploring, doing activities like that. Um, I think if you have any like, of some of those subscriptions for like Prime Video or even Netflix, I think they have videos, like exercise videos on there you can get as well. And in addition to, like you said, there are a million YouTube videos on exercise. And I love the idea of the kids following other kids doing it.
1: Yeah, and one of, one of my skill of, skills of the week um, for my um, SEL curriculum Um, I am going to have them create an exercise routine. So I will have them do that for homework is create an exercise routine um, and actually like use the exercise routine. Uh, So that could help with just being able to be, just be active. Um, Another thing that, you know, for this, like cancellations, I think as adults, we have to deal with what's going on. Like I know for us, like we've had, so many things canceled, like, my honeymoon was canceled, that was really hard, and I know this, you know, obviously, there's way bigger things going on, um, but it took me a while to accept, like, it was, like, I was supposed to go in August, it was June, I was, like, all right, maybe, <laughs> the stars align right, we can still go, Um, all the concerts, the weddings, you know, all the, if you're having a baby, all that stuff was canceled or moved online, and I think, like, validating that and not pushing it away or not saying like I, I know for me when it's something that's joyous and I can't go I say oh there's like you know there's this bigger things going on like it's not it's not that big of a deal but I like you I'm genuinely genuinely like upset about that
0: right and I think that's a really important point that you just made there that it's important that it could be both you you can be sad you're grieving the loss of something that was important to you and you understand why Just simply because you understand does not negate being sad about it. It doesn't change the feel of it. So you can be sad and upset and grieving that loss of your honeymoon or an event you're supposed to do and understand why you can't do it. It doesn't mean you like it, right? Acceptance doesn't mean agree or like. Acceptance is just simply acceptance. And when you accept something, oftentimes there's sadness that comes up from that loss
1: that's a good point i think as counselors like and even teachers administrators giving our kids this space to even talk about it we actually did that last year um and i think the fear with that so we did it at the end so we had an eighth grade eighth grade um like trip plan they were supposed to go to philadelphia and then jersey and then we had our eighth grade transition into high school meetings at the end of the year and we were like should we talk about like we didn't want we didn't want to make the kids sad like we believed if we talked about it then we would make the kids sad so it's almost one of those things where adults like kind of put things on the children and so we we actually gave them the space like like what are you most sad about what are you? And they were like, I really, I really wanted to go to Six Flags. Like I really wanted to have my prom because they were supposed to go on a boat and all those things. So I think um, giving your students the space, giving them that opportunity and not being afraid to talk about it with the students. Um, like I said, I thought I really thought that we were going to make it worse somehow by talking about it. And I think that's like a common, a common thing. So, uh, yeah, giving them uh, just 15 minutes, just uh, 5, 10 minutes just to say, like, yeah, I'm I'm sad about it. And just letting them kind of just be in a group atmosphere and getting it out.
0: Mm -hmm. And allowing them to be sad together and vulnerable together, right? That actually is validating to them as an individual and as a group, right? That I'm not the only one feeling this and it's okay to talk about. I think that is one of the most important things that we do with kids, um, whether you're doing it on an individual basis as part of your social emotional learning curriculum is we're getting them to be able to one, identify their emotions and then be able to express them and experience them with sitting with them, right? And so giving your kids the opportunity and also modeling that you're sad too, that you are looking forward to this trip with them. You are looking forward to um, celebrating these milestones and these transitions with them all I think is important, and that's how we start to model. So being able to have conversations with the kids about the cancellations we're in right now is super important and super effective for them. You know? And, like I know for me, the cancellations are a huge bummer, and I'm really sad that we're not allowed to do all these sport things. And simultaneously, it's helped us, and I think for some many families, to do a reset to look at were we overscheduled, scheduled you know, is a cancellation, you know, does it help us scale back a little? It allows us to really, forces us to take a self-assessment on do we want to go back to the level of extracurriculars, activities that we were doing when things are allowed again?
1: Mm, That's such a good point, Liz. I feel like, you know, I've heard parents say a lot that their kids are so busy, that their lives are so busy. So these cancellations have actually forced everybody to have a seat <laughs> you, whether you want the seat or not the seat you're sitting down um and I think that so how, how has your family one how have you like talked to your kids about it and how are they dealing with it because I like I, you have like the two kind of like age groups you have like a small job and then you have like high school well, middle school children middle school
0: kids. okay yeah uh, you know it's been quite but having three kids, I used to always say it's not that my kids were overscheduled. It's that I'm overscheduled because I've got three kids. They do two activities each. That means, as a parent, I'm running around to six activities every week. And it was a lot. And they were doing a lot of things. And I, between work and traveling for work and getting them where they need to be, we are a really busy family. And this was a hard reset for us. And in that hard reset, we've talked a lot about it's a bummer that we have we don't get to do all those things you were doing. And look what we've gained. We've gained a lot of family time. We spend a lot more time doing activities together, having family dinners together, which used to only be one or two nights a week that we could all sit down at home at the same time. And now we do a lot more of those. So that's pretty significant now as well. And now, you know, through the summer, as we're trying to do more activities, we're trying to do them together. You know, we all decided to you know, figure out how to play some tennis all summer. So we couldn't go and do um, tennis groups and things like that, but we could go and play tennis and that's a socially distanced thing that we could do, that we all learned how to play this summer together. Or we can go for walks in the neighborhood, exploring other neighborhoods, similar things, and we're doing it together. So there's been definite positives to it. Um, and when we talk about it, it's really important that we highlight the positives without invalidating all the social things that we miss. You know, one of my sons runs cross country and that's like the thing he looks forward to in running as his like athletic event that goes through the fall. And we're really sad that it was canceled. Simultaneously, they just, you know, the school's just announced they're gonna do a virtual cross country season so that he can still, you know, for me, it'll push him to still go run. He'll turn in his times. He just won't run with others which mm-hmm. is a bummer. You know, so we're just trying to get creative on what we can do to balance some of these. You know, We have a dance class that will be a virtual dance class through Zoom for my daughter. Is it the same? No, absolutely not. Is it something? Yeah, we're learning how to adjust to having to be in a virtual lifestyle now.
1: I like you're saying that, you know, acknowledging that it's not going to be the same um, and just putting that out there, like even before we do the activity, like okay, so we're gonna do extended day activities. Everyone has to know that it will, it just won't be the same, and you can still participate and enjoy it. I think that's it. Like, just moving, like, so once you have validated those feelings, now it's the time, and let the students do that. Validate your own feelings first. And then let your students or your children validate their feelings and then move towards like being creative and figuring out what it is that you can do to kind of not replace, but just do something to get that, that social time. And I, one thing that I love is the tennis. Te- i seen one of my friends. She had such a great idea. She had her, um, her boys and then her um, friend's boys, they hired a tennis coach. And that's how they kind of like socialize. So almost like a, a pod of kids. They hired somebody and they they taught them to pay, play tennis. I think tennis is a great and tennis is everywhere. Like and it's and it's I don't know how much a racket costs. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know about it that. Can
0: be as low as 19.99. Uh, yeah, and you and that's you, new one. A new one can be as low as 19.99, and used ones can be even lower than that.
1: Yeah and you can get you a tennis, get you a ten- and there's tennis everywhere, there's tennis everywhere, and it's like most, and like most, three courts, yep, and it's mostly like, there. there's a basketball court, typically, like sometimes there's a tennis court too, which is awesome, so you can, you can always do that, I think that's a good idea.
0: and it's, that's just another activity to do. And to just kind of like hone us in just exactly what we're talking about here, you know, from an SEL perspective and skills teaching, you know, from the DBT Steps A curriculum, we would call this practicing radical acceptance, right? This is radical acceptance of the current reality of our times. And when we apply this to what is referred to as the A model of first we need awareness, then we need acceptance. And once we have acceptance, we can move into action. And that's what you're talking about right now, accepting that we're still in the pandemic. Extended day activities, extracurricular activities are not the same. So now let's take action. Let's figure out how are we going to do what we want to do in the reality, in the current situation that we are in, whether it be ballet through a virtual or deciding like, okay, we're going to do tennis because that's something we can do in a socially distanced way outside. Or we're gonna do workouts together over Zoom, or whatever platform you're using. Once we have acceptance, we can move to effective problem solving or action.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think too, with acceptance, like sometimes you have to accept things more than once. I think mm-hmm. that that's something that I've I've learned. Like I, like at first I was like, all right, I'm not going on my honeymoon. Then July, I was like. Okay, I'm still sad about it. Like, you have to, you have to, sometimes there's certain things that you, you know, really are important to you that you just have to, sometimes it'll come back out. Like, you'll be, like, you feel like you're over it. You, like, feel like you've accepted it. And then it comes, like, something else. Or maybe with yeah. you, you've accepted, you know, that, radically accepted that you're in the house. And, that, and then the, the wildfires happen. So now, what, like, you probably had to readjust and accept things all over again.
0: Right. We're in that, and we call that that's actually a skill, also having to accept over and over again. It's called turning the mind. It's when you, I always think of it like a swivel chair when you're in a swivel chair and you're in acceptance, and then over time your chair just starts rotating in another direction, and you realize you're in non acceptance again. And then you have to turn your mind back to acceptance. And sometimes we have to turn our minds back to acceptance 30 times a minute, 30 times an hour. Or, you know, three times a month when it comes back and forth to it. We have to be able to notice, right? It's important that's why we're so mindful that we've turned our minds to non-acceptance and we have to turn it back to acceptance and doing that over and over again. It's not a one-time thing. Even this weekend, my son turns 14 on Monday. Tomorrow we had a birthday party planned. We were going to do paintball, which puts them all in masks and it's socially distance outside. And it was going to be great um, as a way to kind of... Um, do a dual party with one of his really good friends who it's also his birthday and to see some of their classmates that they haven't been able to see. And now we have unhealthy air quality due to the smoke and we'll likely have to reschedule or cancel it. Mm. Right? So, yeah, we're sad. And moving, having acceptance about it, okay, what can we come up with to maybe do so it's not all a wash for this weekend and when can we reschedule for it to happen next when we can do it, because we can't change the fact that there's poor air quality and we're really not supposed to go outside due to all the smoke. Yeah. And when I say poor, it's in that unhealthy category and been going back and forth between unhealthy and very unhealthy or unhealthy and unhealthy for people with sensitive um, respiratory sy- systems. So there's a lot of reasons why we can't go outside right now and mm-hmm. it's completely out of our control. And, so and- there's sadness and acceptance
1: moves us to action. I think that's a good point, too. It's like, I, I feel like me as a counselor and working with students, I don't give them the opportunity to, um, you know, kind of sit in it long enough because I'm a, like, you, we talk about this all the time. I'm like a pull change. Like, I'm like, all right, you're sad. Okay, now let's do it. Like, I'm, like, I'm always like, a, I'm a problem solver. So I think you do such a great job. With explaining how much you know acceptance and like getting that that to that point and then moving on to action. I think that's you know the perfect way to, to go through things. And if you're like someone like me, you know, if you you're you find yourself in a session or you're with a student and they're talking about and you are the person who brought it up about hey, let's talk about COVID and cancellations, you might want to put something in your office. Um, The good thing about this virtual tele-sessions thing is they can't see what you're looking at, so you could probably put um, something up that says, uh, you know, sit in it for 50 seconds, sit in it for 30 seconds, or validate, or something like that. I have those in my office as a reminder um, because I just, you know, we just want people to feel better. Like, that's our job, right? You want people to, you don't want them to be sad. You don't want them to be you know, unhappy or anything like that. So you have to take that time and be conscious and mindful, of course. Of am I moving to change too fast? Too am I moving to action too fast? So that that, that I love that you you know give your 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 kids the time. And I'm I'm really working on doing this with my students is giving them the space. Like once I've actually invited it, especially once you invite it, you have to take that time to like give them the space to talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the thing, you know, that happens not just for you. This happens for so many counselors, clinicians, therapists, teachers, and because by nature going into the fields that you're in, I'm in, we are helpers. We went into mental health in whatever capacity it is as problem solvers, as fixers to help kids feel better. And I actually think that's a problem in this feel better society, because we're, we're, we end up ultimately sending the wrong message of you shouldn't feel quote unquote bad. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Um, you shouldn't feel sad. Because the thing is, we have to teach our kids how to feel sad, how to feel anxious, and how to feel embarrassment. So that when they feel it, right, the, the emotions have a purpose. They communicate information to us and allow them to feel it, sit with it, experience it. And then determine, are, is, does it make sense, right? Does it make sense that I feel sad right now? Did I lose something? Am I experiencing a loss? So if it makes sense, then yeah, that makes sense that I'm sad. Am I If I'm anxious about something, does my anxiety make sense right now? Am I in danger? Because sometimes we have anxiety and it's false. Like we're actually, not the the anxiety is false, but the thing we think is scary or we're in danger from isn't actually dangerous. But we avoid it to make our anxiety go down. But then it only goes down for a little while, and then it pops back up. And then we avoid more. And so we can actually teach our kids how to sit with that anxiety, how to explore and look like, oh, this actually isn't a dangerous situation. So I can tolerate it and move forward. I will learn that I can experience anxiety and still do things. It's like when you're going on a roller coaster. If you're somebody who really likes roller coasters, and you get really anxious on them, how do you sit with that anxiety while you're standing on the line the whole time without jumping out of line?
1: That's the, yeah. Right,
0: you you can do it, right? And you know you're anxious and you're practicing tolerating that because you know you'll still love the thrill of the ride. But some kids say like, nope, that looks scary, I'm not doing it at all. And don't sit with that anxiety. Don't allow, say that anxiety ends up driving them to avoid things that aren't dangerous
1: yeah and so with this you know conversation that I I encourage everyone to all your counselors all your mental health all you know to have in that that conversation with your students and you can make it happen via zoom you know google classroom however you know what platform you're using and just to give as just like a counselor to have maybe you can have more than one maybe you have a counselor maybe a teacher who's like has a good relationship with the students and have that kind of like, almost like an after school to do back in the day um, about, you know, cancellations and COVID. And, 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 and it, you might you might have a hard time like getting some students to even show up or cause it's like an extracurricular activity and you can always hold on to, but your friends are gonna be there. So they can have uh-huh. that, that little bit of social time um, built into that. So I, I think that's something that all across the country even if you're in school, even if you physically have gone back, it's still different. There's there's Absolutely. no way it's the same. <laughs> so that conversation, it could be thirty minutes, it could be a series, however you all want to do it. But I definitely encourage everybody who's at a school to just um, to make sure that that happens and to give your your students the space for it. And what do you right. what do you think from us from a school and a parent perspective, Liz?
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. We should be giving kids opportunities to talk about it and guiding them in that, and also giving them the skills so that they know how to do it. Like what we're thinking a lot here about sitting with emotion, experiencing emotion, we're talking about two skills I I can think of right away is first the wave skill, mindfulness of current emotion from DBT Steps A and DBT, um, and really think about how do you sit with and experience your emotion? How do you pay attention to the physical sensations that arise within you when you're having an emotion. And we're also talking about the skill of opposite action. You know, we talk about anxiety, which is acting opposite to your emotion when your emotion doesn't fit the facts, right? When, and being able to sit with and talk about them and experience them. So both of those are true. There's lots of language and specific strategies that I think it's important to give to our students so we don't just say, hey, go feel it. Right. We have to teach them to feel it. We have to show them what that means and then be able to talk about it. So when I talk about emotions, with kids, I'm asking them often, what do you feel and where do you feel that in your body? And what is that like? And what thoughts are going through your mind that might be fueling that emotion to stick around? I want them to really describe all those different parts of it.
1: I like that. I like that. And I like, so then you could probably, probably move that conversation into like, what are the good things that has come out of this? Um, I think Mm -hmm. that there's always going to be something positive that you can say about this cancellation. Hey, like, look, we're not as busy anymore. Like, I don't feel as much pressure to do. I'm still, as a parent, you feel that way.
0: Yeah, we call that holding up the other side of the dialectic, right? That it's both and. Yes, we've lost a lot in the pandemic and we've gained things also. That's the both and. It's not one or the other. And I think giving ourselves that language and a way to start stacking that language and those that perspective taking is important for parents for educators for school counselors and for students to all be learning right now
1: and then once you have gone like you know through that kind of series of things then you want to come up with okay you know make sure you, you give them the time to, to sit in it and to experience that emotion and teaching them how to experience the emotion and acceptance of these things and once they've you feel like they're ready or however it comes for you um then you talk about like hey these are the alternatives these are what we can do to it's not going to be the same but this is what we're working on um and you know talk about like the you know what we talked about earlier tennis um walking around your neighborhood if you can um youtube videos all of those things making up an exercise routine doing it together as a family or even siblings doing those things together all of those things that you can do to kind of just supplement that time that you would have had
0: yeah and you know I think from a school perspective making this as part of assignments in your classes right so all right, we're going to do a workout routine so this week it's Tom's turn to make up the workout routine next week we're all going to do Tom's workout routine while you know Sally is working on developing hers or you know and somebody's developing one while we're doing somebody else's mm-hmm. and figuring out a system where everybody does it. Everybody has to turn in their workout routine. And then, you know, for the next six weeks, eight weeks, however many kids are in your class, we are going to decide to do one every day of those per- or every other day or every week. We're going to do that routine, right? So it's building it into the class. And, you know, maybe we make a YouTube channel of it or a TikTok around it, whatever social media that they will get the kids to build motivation and, and leaning so in this on... This is an opportunity.
1: Oh, good. Sorry.
0: Go ahead. I, this I, is an opportunity for the kids to be creative in coming up with their activities.
1: I like that. And, like, let yeah, leaning in on the kids. Like, the kids can come up... They're, they're good. They can come up with some good stuff if you if you kind of probe them and ask them. They, they And especially as a group, they start to feed off of each other. So, like, if I think ending the group in that way or ending the session in that way will definitely, like, leave it on a high note, and it'll leave it on some assignments, and it'll leave it on things that feel like it could keep it going, um, and keep it, like, building that community, even though we're virtual. So, I really like those, you know, those ideas, and um, I'm gonna use some of this, like, I'm like, well, let me write this down <laughs> for my students in a week or two, um, to make sure that I'm, you know, paying attention. So, I really um enjoyed this conversation, Liz, about this, and um do you have any last words about you know cancellations and covid
0: no i think it's important to just in the end like i've said we've got to validate that the cancellations are there and look at what can we do to fill some of that space we don't have to fill it all but how do we look at perspective of what could come out of this for our families and acknowledging the cancellations are real And we don't know when things are going to go back, right? This is how things are going to be, how life and reality will be for some period of time, depending on where you live, you know, and every place is different. I'm in a much more restricted area still, um, quarantine wise from the pandemic. And now because of smoke, fire smoke and fires, we're still pretty isolated. You're somewhat isolated where you are, but you know, in New York kids are going back to school part-time and, The Midwest, kids are going back to school part-time. So we're you've got to think about how this fits for you in your area, making sure that regardless of where it is, that you're validating that there was a loss and then deciding what can we do in the face of these losses. I I love that.
1: I love that. The validating the loss. All right, my
0: friend. Yeah. I love having these conversations with you. Yeah keep listening to podcasts be sure to share with your friends um, how come they didn't teach me that in school podcast screenshot it like it um, give us a rating we look forward to seeing you on our next episode
1: yes and you can mail us your questions um, we want to like you know just figure out what you guys are thinking, feeling, especially about SEL, and all your parents, teachers, administrators, all those things, so you can, uh, we have a Gmail now, we have a Gmail now, Liz, so, what is you... Gmail. Oh. <laughs> look, you look confused, <laughs> we have a Gmail now, it's why didn't they podcast at Gmail, why didn't they podcast at Gmail, um, why didn't they, podcast at on ig too you can follow us um we'll be doing doing some you know just like inspirational stuff and videos and all those things so yes check us out and we will see you next time see you next time thanks mariah